First of all, a bit of context. By the mid-70s, the UK was making quite a lot of money in the movie field out of Brit sex comedies. Yes, British sex comedies. So, really, comedies where the, the sexuality was up front, but the comedy came from the tightly wound nature of Brits who weren't getting it. That's the basis of the comedy. You know, this is the saucy seaside postcard stuff. And I suppose it came really from the carry-on films of the, certainly of the late 60s and um, although they're not really Brit sex comedies, there's more to them than that, but I can see where the basis of them might come from. By the early 70s, of course, when you get carry-on girls and that sort of, um, that sort of carry-on film, they were sort of trying to surf the zeitgeist and trying to catch up as the as society became more permissive, perhaps, and more could be shown. Culturally, more could be shown uh, with an understanding of uh, sex in society and all of that. So by the early mid-70s, you do have a range of movies that were making money, were popular, and had quite a lot of of movies in their series, the Confessions movies with Robin Asquith, who became a big star because of that and performed as Timmy Lee. Um, you've got, they started with Confessions of a Window Cleaner, then Confessions of a, uh, of a Holiday Camp, Driving Instructor, Pop Performer, all of those. And the thing about Timmy Lee was that the way Robin Asquith played him, he was a kind of, he had a naivety about him. You know, he really wanted to uh, have sex with women, but wasn't uh, experienced, had never really had that, and that never really took place. So you've got that continuing. As a sort of substrata of that, I hope you're still with me here, you've got movies that look like Confessions movies, but weren't. The Adventures of series. So things like Adventures of a Taxi Driver with Barry Evans was the one that started, but you went on with... Uh, adventures of a private eye and all of that sort of thing. So there were, there were two or three of those. To all, at the side of that are movies which are really Brit sex comedies but more legitimate. So things like The Seven Deadly Sins, which were written by various, uh, their, their vignettes of The Seven Deadly Sins, clues in the title, um, written by comedians of the day. So you've got one uh, written by Spike Milligan around Sloth, you have got one around Lust, but it's not about sex particularly, it's about loneliness with Ari H. Corbett. And you do have one about gluttony, which is around lust and food. And really, if you haven't seen this movie, you really should have a go. Uh, with um, Leslie Phillips and Julie Edge. So you've got that and things like No Sex Please We're British, started in the theatre as a farce, was running all over the 70s. Amateur groups still do it. I'm sure professional theatres still do as well. And the film had... Uh, a great central performance from Ronnie Corbett as Brian Runnicles. Is he called Brian Runnicles? Yeah, who doesn't stop running, actually. He's, it's a, a superb, wound-up performance from beginning to end. So, you've got that legitimate films on the side. I say legitimate in inverted commas because they come from the theatre or they're, uh, they're written by comedians, that sort of thing. Then you've got... Um, movies that are sub-adventures movies. And there's a lot of these Brit sex comedies. Yeah, sub-adventures movies. Not even confessions movies. Sub-adventures movies. 
So things like, how can you keep it up for a week? And the one that I'm going to be talking about here, which is Eskimo Nell, made in 1975. Now, first of all, let me start by saying, to get a movie made, even in the 70s when there seemed to be a lot of money around, to get a movie made is a massive thing. And, you know, kudos for getting the movie made. You know, and also kudos to, um, to Michael Armstrong, who is still around, still working, I think, who wrote and acted in this movie. Kudos to him for doing that, because to wear two hats is a big thing. That being said, this isn't good. Here's the plot. You've got a first-time director who is called um, Dennis Morrison, played by Michael Armstrong, and a writer who is played by um, Christopher Timothy, called Harris Tweedle. Not even Harrison Tweedle, you know, Harris Tweed, Harris Tweedle, not even Harrison to make it a bit more, oh, I can see what they did there, who want to make a movie. And let me say just before I get into the plot, that one of the most egregious things about this film is that it wastes talent. You've got Roy Kinnear in here, who was a great um, comic actor, was a great comic actor, played shabby very well, played slightly out of his depth extremely well. You've got Christopher Timothy, who is more than just all creatures great and small. Just a lot more, you know, a lot more than that. Does a good comedy turn. And in a way, they're kind of wasted. You know, you've, so you've got good um, comedy talent here. Christopher Biggins is in this film as well. More of him in a minute. But getting back to the plot, Roy Kinnear is Benny U. Murdoch. It spells bum, you see? Bum. And he's a, a, sh a shady producer who wants to make a movie based on the erotic poem Eskimo Nell. He wants to do that because he's interested in a woman who, uh, being an actor called, um, called Gladys Armitage, played by Diane Langton. You'll know Diane Langton, she's in Carry On England. She did a lot of uh, movies, a lot of Brit movies. And I always think of her, um, I always think of Diane Langton that if you can't get Barbara Windsor, you get Diane Langton. That's the way I feel about that. I, I mean, I've not, I, I'm willing to change my view, but it's not been changed so far. Anyway, Benny likes her in a, a sexual way, which is why when we first see them together in a scene with the, um, the writer, with the director present, he starts to take his clothes off and he's saying, which is quite a, quite a fun moment. I'm all man, aren't I? Yeah, you're all man, she, she replies. Yeah, feel that those biceps. He's trying to take his shirt off as if he's going to have sexual intercourse with them there. Later on, when they burst into his room, she's just putting her shirt back on and he's he's got his, his shirt undone as well. So obviously some kind of action's taken place. This is about, this is one thing, as I say, that Brit, Brit sex comedies do. Everybody wants it. No one really gets it. Or if they do, we don't really see them getting it. Which is why you've got Carry On, Emmanuel, in 1977, trying to emulate the more explicit nature of the Emmanuel movies. Trying desperately to, to show a society where people do get it, but in the movie, you've got a main character played by Suzanne Danielle, who's called Emmanuel. Funnily enough, let's just call Emmanuel, or something like that. Let me just, let me just check that, because I don't know. Yes, he is. But the people in the house are all a bit buttoned up and they see her sexual shenanigans as something uh, interesting and 
and something to emulate or something to aspire to. So there is quite a lot of that in this movie as well. That's what happens in British sex comedies, really. So he wants to make a movie, but he's got a couple of other backers who will put up some more of the of the money. One of them wants to make what he calls, and I'm sorry for using this phrase, a hardcore porn movie. He wants to do that. That's what he wants. You know, it, it was... And, it, and of its time, harder movies in that way were showing. You know, in... in uh, in London and certainly America was blowing up around that and all that kind of thing so and it was becoming uh, commonplace and in the mainstream certainly in America you know with with harder movies he wants to make that then there's another backer who wants to make a movie which is a cowboy movie um, and he wants as his as the star to have a a, a drag queen uh, a good-looking drag queen in in the main part the bloke who wants the other movie has somebody else that he wants. So everyone's got someone that they like who, who they're having some kind of situation with in the main part. So what that means is that they have to make three different movies. And Christopher Timothy has to write three different scripts, which he does. Harris Tweedle, not even Harrison, Harris Tweedle, writes those three sketches, uh, three scripts, then finds that Benny has run off with the money. So, one of their friends is Hermione, played by Katie Manning. Yes, that Katie Manning. Yeah, Doctor Who Katie Manning. Joe Grant Katie Manning, whose mother is a woman called Lady Longhorn. Now, this is based around Mary Whitehouse, apparently, which is, um, you know, and her National Viewers and Listeners campaign, National Valour, about cleaning up what was on TV, all of that. So, her son... Jeremy, artistic Jeremy, played by Christopher Biggins, who's kind of stunted socially and does all right, actually, in this movie. When the, there's no money and they have to make three movies because if you don't make this movie, there'll be some reprisals, where's my money? They go to Lady Longhorn to say, would you like to, um, to put some money into a wholesome movie? Of course I would, that would be good. And Jeremy can be in it, she says. And they want to show it at a charity premiere. Yes. So they make all those movies. Now, one of the um, one of the big montages in the middle is them making the different movies on the set. And it's chaotic and it should be fun. But it isn't. And one of the reasons why it isn't is because this is this has neither sex in it, nor is it a comedy. So really, it's not really a Brit sex comedy. Oh, it is British. But apart from that, it doesn't really follow that lead. There is actually only one gag in this movie, as far as I can see. And they overplay it. The gag is that they've got somebody called Big Dick. Yeah, I, I mean, it's not It's not as if it's ironic. You know, he's, he's there to appear in one of the movies. You can guess which one. And... There's a gentleman on set who is very keen and he's the clapperboard operator. Still with me. They ask him to put the clapperboard a bit lower. You're still with me? Clap. Scream. And this joke has been done so often. So often. So what you do is you get the clap, the scream, move on to another gag. Not here. You then see you cut to Big Dick, as he's called, of course, on a stretcher with his appendage bandaged. We don't need to see that. This, this has been done in so many British soaps and comedy shows and just leave it there. 
anyway, they continue to make these movies and they make them all. And of course, there are, so that so there's the more explicit movie, there's a cowboy movie, there's a kung fu musical movie. Now, none of the producers asked them to make a kung fu m- musical movie. The basic idea is that with those two movies made and another one that you've got to make for the um, for Lady Longhorn, which has to be a kind of sound of music with Anna Quayle, who's often in these shows, adding a bit of gravitas as a sort of highly strong actress playing the mother superior. With you having to do all those th- those movies, you don't want to make another one. Benny's run off with the money, so we don't need to make his movie. So why are you making another movie? And why why a kung fu movie? That's not been mentioned at all in this movie. It's not been mentioned at all in the film. So why are you making it? Why are you putting yourself through? If you say, well, we need to we need to make three movies now. My God, that's going to be difficult. Let's make another one as well, just to make it more difficult for us. Why? I'm asking that quite a lot in this movie, to be honest. And then what happens is, of course, well, guess what's going to happen? They make the movies, they put them all in the different cans, uh, film cans, and then metal canisters, of course, and then they take them to the flat where they're all sharing, including Big Dick, who seems to be always in flagrante delicto, but kind of just rolling around in the bed because that's what you do in Brit sex comedies, you know. Um, And then... Someone comes to take one of the films. Now, the writer and the director are not there. So, the fresh-faced clapperboard boy, he takes control. And guess what's happening? It's the movie that's going to the charity gala. The wrong one goes. So, they try and get it back. They can't do that. And then it becomes, well, then we need to make some kind of some kind of heist to to stop the the truck that's got the canisters in its tracks and they're doing a sort of you can you know like a heist a caper movie with with here's a, a model car coming up the road here they do one of those then it becomes a police chase for ages a police chase and it ends with loads of metal canisters all over the floor I mean hundreds of them and then sort of sort of slipping on them and all of that. And eventually they end up in jail and they're in the same cell as guess who? Benny. Yeah, Roy Kinnear comes in at the end again. I, and he's got another scam to make another movie. There wasn't a second movie, let me put it that way. And of course, in the, um, the gala, we're watching... The more explicit movie. Oh, I'm fainting. I have the vapors, etc., etc. I mean, I mean, you see a bit of the movie. It's not really anything to get too upset about. But there you go. This is a British sex comedy. And there you have it. That's the plot. And there's one gag in this. There's loads of vignettes. So you see the auditions with people coming in and stripping off, or at one point someone coming in dressed as dressed as Long John Silver. And falling over. Why? It's all speeded up. I don't... Anyway, there isn't a gag in it. What you get is, you get... Um, you do get Michael Armstrong, who wrote as well, of course, as Dennis Morrison, fresh-faced director. But really, it concentrates more, this film, 
as it goes on, on Christopher Timothy as Harris Tweedle. Not even Harrison. Because I believe he's more interesting and giving us more of an interesting performance, to be honest. I don't really... I don't really gravitate to Michael Armstrong when he's on screen. That's an issue for me. And what also is an issue is that I'll say it again, there's only one gag in it, and they blow that gag anyway. Now, apparently, quite a, the, the producers in here are patterned over producers or are impersonations of producers that were around at the time. That's a possibility. It's a strong possibility. What I do know is that this had a special edition DVD and Blu-ray in 2015 to mark its 40th anniversary. What? Why, why would you? Why would you? Extra features, theatri- an unseen theatrical um, trailer, which was hasn't been, well, it hadn't been seen since the film came out in 75. An eight-page booklet. Why? Why, why would you? So many of these movies. And, you know, I will be visiting them because I remember growing up as a kid thinking, oh, that's a bit salacious, isn't it? Because I grew up in the 70s, you know. So, yeah, I will be viewing some of these. I've already had a look at the Adventures series that has some gags in it. This has one. And even that's not turned correctly. So great that a movie's been made. Wonderful to make a movie. I'll always celebrate anybody who makes a movie. But this is a British sex comedy which has neither comedy nor sex in it. Apart from that, it's great. Ta-ta. Ta-ta.